Hi, welcome to the Winners Find A Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Let's come back, guy, to you know the time that you were down. When was there a time in your life where you're just up against it and down but not out, as they say? But like Elon, like man, this is losing your confidence. Like in in a spot, there's a lot of people right now after COVID. They're like, man, my my life, you know, it's not right. You just went on a podcast, right, honey? I blew up the business, right? Like, I mean, and a lot of us are having those conversations with our wives over stuff during COVID. You know, our restaurant owner friends. I mean, it's it's a tough go right now for a lot of people and and they may be facing some challenge and adversity. I assume you've been there before. Can you take us through a time that you were there? Yeah, sure. I mean, th- there was a, a few occasions uh, in the first, I don't know, decade of the business. I mean, the last seven years were, were just a roller coaster, but, you know, um, a good one, you know, it's just a lot going on, but it was growing and we 10 times to every multiple in those last seven years. Mm-hmm. But as I said, you know, alluded to before, the first 10 years were tough because I had no experience. I just had to learn from mistakes. And, and you know, I was fortunate in the fact that my business partner was technically really gifted and that became apparent really quickly. So, you know, we didn't start just doing, you know, back in 2001, just websites. We were doing websites with database backends, which was actually quite new at that particular point. Yeah. And so we, we got into more and more kind of complex systems. So Cake but, Solutions didn't actually make cake. Is that what you're saying? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I'll tell you a quick story, Trent. We had several calls um, where one lady in particular said, I've been let down my, she phoned us up. I've been let down on a mobile phone running. You could hear her running up some stairs. She was out of breath. I've been let down by my supplier. I've seen you guys. Um, I've, I've looked you up in, I think it was like the yellow pages. So not even online. It, we, they, she found us in one of the, the old fashioned paper books <laughs> yeah. that no one knows about nowadays, unless you're of a certain age. And she was running up the stairs and she said, I just, I, my daughter's getting married tomorrow. I need a cake. Can you help me out, please? I'm literally on the second floor i know you guys are on the fourth floor and i'm like oh my god what am i going to tell this poor woman we yeah. build software you know we don't yeah. make cakes so she's like oh no anyway so there's nothing we could do to help her but uh, mm. I, hope, I hope she found a, a wedding cake <laughs> but the went through some hard times right and one in particular actually was a per both business hard and personal hard um, and, and quite often that is the case, you know, when, when your business is struggling, it quite often reflects sometimes in, in the way that you, your personal life is going as well. Uh, and, you know, we I got a young family. I just bought a house at auction, which meant usually that it was a wreck and it needed a load of work <laughs> yes. in it. And it did. And we knew what we were buying, right? So it was fine. Um, but the business was going through a really tough time. And we were literally two weeks away from running out of cash altogether. And we had no backup. You know, didn't have rich parents. Rob didn't have rich parents. 
and um, we had no kind of plan b really uh, we we you know we didn't have enough credit with the bank to to get any bigger overdraft or anything like that we were you know we really it would have been curtains i think at that point and we had one opportunity and you know at this point point i'd paid the wages on my credit card got this house that needed it hadn't even got heating in it you know in the uk and sometimes it's not so warm yeah um, yeah there was just a ton of stuff kind of ton of stuff going on and we had one opportunity that came along uh, it was like i can't say the word i want to say but something or bust is the word I'm looking for. You know, we just went for it. And and actually, Rob led the presentation. He was the more confident out of the servers. And uh, I was there and, and worked with him on it. And, you know, we delivered this presentation. And we won, at that time, was a huge piece of business for us uh, that actually then was the catalyst for us to improve and improve and improve. And, and the, you know, you learn lessons from everything. And the lesson I learned was that I really needed to look at the way that we marketed the organization. The first two years were easy because all I did, we worked in this big old cotton mill that had been converted. And, and there's loads of those in Manchester area because we were, you know, the start of the industrial revolution was from, from Manchester with all the clothes trade and so on. And there was loads of these cotton mills. We were in there and we there were 60 other companies. So all I did was that first two years went, knocked on every single door and said, look, this is what we do. Uh, if you ever need any of these services, let us know. And we right got two here. years of business from that. Yeah. yeah. But then I didn't have a plan B after that. And mm. it was like, right, okay, now I've used up that option. There's nothing left. I shot all the fish in the barrel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could have moved so, to a new building. <laughs> I need a well, new barrel. Maybe that would have been a good idea. Yeah. But, um, but we were also beginning to work with bigger companies. So we just needed different ways of marketing. So yes. it forced me into, into looking at how we marketed the business and you know my, my sales techniques and so on. So uh, it was a good learn. Every bad experience has a learn learning experience from it and you, know, you learn you move on and you just don't do that same mistake well, again and i've heard a lot of people talk about the value of no plan b i mean there's no going back right there's either like hey we need to go in and sell this thing and sometimes it's kind of like that urgency right we're back to parkinson's law where the rise of urgency with time all of a sudden comes in like hey listen we're either going to go and knock this thing out or the kids aren't going to get dinner <laughs> you know like yeah. we got to do it because we don't have a plan b banks are saying no like we don't have anything to fall back on so we just have to do it and i think sometimes man that's just that's exactly the push people need and then you accept i think when you become an entrepreneur you have to accept that there's going to be good and bad times you know i think the and, and you needed always needed a degree of luck right so you know it happened that we had that one opportunity so that was our luck we then made the most of that look by winning that piece of work and doing everything we could yeah. to win that piece of work. And it was a really, you know, it was actually a, began to a, a five-year relationship with that organization after that. Yeah, and I'm going to just, I'm going to adapt that a little bit. I would say good, if you're an entrepreneur, there's good and there's challenging times. And sometimes those challenging times, while feel bad, right, they end up being the catalyst for the change that you need, like that challenge became the catalyst of your better marketing, of your hitting these bigger companies better, more pointed, and really taking you hockey stick growth, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we actually, I mean, you know, we talk about books now, you know, it kind of, if you look at the way that companies marketed themselves, you know, back in the day, it was maybe advertising in magazines, it was phone calls, it was, you know, all the kind of old fashioned stuff, what we consider to be old fashioned now. But we wrote books and we demonstrated expertise by writing, you know, I've got them on the, the, the bookcase behind me. We wrote five books. One of them was like 1,200 pages of um, technical stuff. And if you're not technical, it was a great cure for insomnia or it was a good 
uh, doorstop. You know, you know, if you were technical, it, it was a Bible. But that's how we. That's one of the solutions we came up with. We we demonstrated expertise using books. Then we moved on. We moved with the times. We became um, bloggers, and then we became podcasters. And we we kind of moved each time. And actually, I think now because I've, there's a lot of people doing podcasts nowadays, and there's a lot of people blogging. I actually think books have become relevant again because it's more unusual to to be presented with a book and say we've wrote the book, we are genuine experts in in, in this stuff. So things have gone full circle slightly. Dave, talk to me about your experience. I mean, tell me about a time you had. I love the quote from Chris McChesney and Sean Covey in the Four Disciplines of Execution. It says, "Winners, when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win." So tell me about one of those times in your life where, hey, like the scoreboard's clear, we are not winning. <laughs> like it's not going right. The, num- yeah. the measurements that we were taking are all going wrong, and we got to do something different. Well, I had a laugh. You said when you posed it to the guy, you said, guy, when was there a time? I'm like, time? How many times? It's like yeah, yeah, every yeah. other week sometimes. But <laughs> yes. here's the thing. But it goes back to mindset. It goes back to a whole bunch of things. So mind, So again, for me, I was in the legal industry. Still am, right? So I, have, I still have an active law firm. 2001, right? We had the tech burst. At the time I was launching a tech company back then called Yappa with a buddy of mine. We had $8 million invested in the time from some of the top people on Wall Street. They loved it. And then the tech bubble burst. And it was financing all things that we got to shut it down. The funny thing was that company that we had is what now LinkedIn is. So it's really funny because people say, oh my God, you guys had LinkedIn. Uh, This was 1999, 2000. But the biggest one that affected me was I was growing my law firm. You know, again, I train lawyers on how to build successful law firms in the estate planning, elder law, and asset protection area of law. And I built a successful law firm that was profitable for me running. The next level is what we call robust, where you start to bring on other attorneys. And then ultimately, you get to the level that's called e-freedom, entrepreneurial freedom, where the firm runs without you. And so I was at a point where I was growing the firm. I had five lawyers, and we were killing it. We had had, I had a great person, uh, director of operations, who we had made 37 months in a row of goal. We had kept cranking up the goal 37 months straight. I had office staff making $8 an hour at the time, which was minimum wage, get two and $3,000 Christmas bonuses. I mean, wow. we were just cranking it and doing really, really well. And then the the, uh, the mortgage bubble burst, right? Yeah. 2008, the market crashed. I will tell you, we were cranking, cranking, cranking. And then it came to be September, October of 2009, I think it was. And all of a sudden, business just stopped. We were cranking. We had 120 leads a month coming in and 80 were getting converted or 60, 75. And it just stopped like dead. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's a good thing I have all these reserves because I'm good. We can go another month. The next month came and it was dead again. And it was like, oh, this isn't going away. And we all know from 2008 that that period of time uh, went well beyond back to 2012, a three or four year period that was really dramatically changed. Well, it changed my firm. I went from 22 people in three months down to 11. And that, and Guy said it earlier and it could have put a dagger in me, not him saying it, but reminded me, there's not only the challenges of the the loss of business, but the challenge of the loss of relationship. All of those people I lost, I liked. They were great people. They worked. We had a great community. We had a great community of people in our office and we worked well together. The interesting thing is all four of them all went and opened their own firms and competed with me now. But we're, we're friendly competitors. But that's part of the cost, right, of these external f- factors, right? Internal factors are one thing, right, when when there's something that you're doing. So a guy, you know, maybe not having a marketing strategy in place, 
this was something I had no control of. I mean, COVID was another example of that. The funny part was when COVID happened, it actually turned out to be the best year ever of my life because learning from the last time, we shifted, pivoted. We were pivoted before people even knew what was happening. But I saw it come. I'm like, okay, here we go again. I know what to do now. We never lost an employee. In fact, we added employees during COVID and we grew. And that's what I say is those outside factors and it's being prepared that sometimes you do lose. But again, I'm still friendly with all those people. Uh, I still communicate with many of them. Um, we're friendly competitors in the marketplace. I believe there's enough business for everybody. But those are the hardest things, the things you can't control. And like I said, you know, you're raising a family at the same time and you got yes. all those issues and needs. And you know what? Here's another thing. There's an old saying. Uh, I had an old business partner that used to, t- she was the queen of what she called the entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. And I always, there's a big term people say, are you an entrepreneur? Entrepreneurs, I love employing entrepreneurs. They do everything entrepreneurs do except one thing. So in all my years of working on entrepreneurs, I understood the distinction. Entrepreneurs will do everything I will do except take financial risk. Mm. They're adverse to financial risk. And so yep. their willingness to do all the things I am to, to be, you know, to do the R&D, to figure it out, to find out what the value is, how to bring better. They're all there. They just don't want to put their checkbook on the line. They yep. don't want to be the one at risk when that market crashes or when yep. there's those outside. Lose the mortgage, man. That's yeah. right. And that's the difference of an entrepreneur. We are risk takers. And that's part of our DNA. My wife, God bless her. We've been married 32 years happily. We got beautiful kids, grandchildren now. And I will say she ultimately had to trust me all the time. And it's hard because they're not in the seats we're in. They don't see the day-to-day. My wife, who was a CPA, was my CFO for many years. It was very hard for her to see this, especially when she was removed. And I had brought other CFOs in and she started being more like at the executive level, the monitor. She's like, holy shit, what are you going to do? And I'm like, honey, I'll figure it out. Don't worry. Just, yeah. I'll get there. And, I, and that's I, what it is. It's trust. It's stress. There's those moments. But I think, Guy, you'd agree. Getting through them brings you to a whole new level on a whole new plateau. I always say breaking through the ceiling of one challenge brings you to the floor of a whole other opportunity. I think that, you know, that's exactly it. I think what, you know, when we talked about risk earlier, once you take on some risk and you beat it, you get confident that you can beat it again, right? Like, hey, I'm going to take some calculated risk and you get better at managing risk. And like, I can't imagine, guy, your wife being CFO when you got to like uh, do payroll on your credit card. She's like, I'm divorcing you now. <laughs> like, right? Like, you're putting. <laughs> Payroll on Visa, right? I mean, well, it's, you know, it's crazy. I think it's, it's trust again, isn't it, Trent? You know, Dave yeah. talks about that. It is having trust in, in what we're doing. And, you know, she, she said to me once, look, it doesn't matter what happens. If we have to start again, we have to start again. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll be fine yeah. kind of thing. And that means an awful lot. You need that support behind you to do it. Um, I sheltered her from an awful lot of the stuff that went on uh, because it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't necessary. Um, It was my responsibility to kind of deal with that and um, grow the business and and, and kind of do what we've done. And the the ironic thing is, you know, you talk about risk, you know, I'm, I've never been one for betting. I used to, you know, you know, some people go to the football or the horse racing and they put yeah. money on and ten pound here, fifty pound here, hundred pound there, whatever. It's because it's I a don't bad like risk. Doing, yeah, well, I don't <laughs> like doing that. But I'm quite happy to bet a million dollars or a million pounds on a an idea and a company. Um, and yourself, because, right, guy? When you're betting you're on betting yourself. yourself, that's right. Yeah, yeah. you got control. I have control you got in there. Control. You got yeah. control in it. To give money to some third party who the odds are against you to begin with is nonsense. And if you ever notice, the people who do that are are, are not typically the people that can. <laughs> that's right. You know that's right. It should be. Yeah. Those of us that have earned it knows what it takes. 
takes and we don't want to throw it away on stuff like that. I want to wrap it up. People, I'll invest in people all day long. I want to wrap it up with the quotes, you know, what you go to when times are tough. While you're thinking through that, a couple great things, you know, the risk is real, right? And understand the risk, the good and the challenging and the lessons and everything. That's so good, guy. And trust. You both talked about that, you know, the trust in yourself, the trust in handshake deal, looking across and knowing, hey, I can trust this person and we share values. Both talked about working hard. Um, hard work is just, you know, you can't, that's the one thing that everyone gets to control and it takes no skill, right? And there's a lot of things that take no skill, like being kind to people takes no skill, right? And working hard takes no skill. And I think people miss that. I love, uh, you know, being a value creator, Dave. I think that's really important. And solving a need, like give the people what they want. They, they're looking for a solution. How can we resolve this and get paid to do it, right? I think that's really important. I always, I, I was given a good mentor, uh, Don Hanna, years ago. And he told me, hey, is there a need? Is it being filled? Can you get paid to fill it? And can you actually fill that need? Like if you got those four things, hey, your risk might be well worth it. And, we, and if we can get those four things right, you know, we feel like we put a lot of risk behind us and our risk level go up if we know it's all there, those four things. So Guy, real quick, is there a quote that you go to? Is there something that you do when things are not going exactly the way you wish and you, you want to get back to that? I wouldn't say quote, but my thinking, my mindset always goes back to my unique ability. So when things aren't going well, how can I deal with that? And if I can't, who can I bring in? Who's my who? Mm. You know, there, there are who's out there who love doing the stuff that you're not good at and you don't want to do, and they love it. And so that's what I always go back to. When things aren't going well, peel back and go, okay, right, how do we put this right and who do I need around me to help me put that right? Yeah, it doesn't have to be self-reliant. Love that. Dave, how about you? So two thoughts come to mind. I think Gandhi said, be the change you want in the world, right? So for me, it's always about you can't want something without being willing to put your neck out first and to be the first one to lead. And then that whole thing of trust that Guy and I have talked about, I had the other problem where I trusted everybody. And sometimes my wife would say, I trust everybody too much. So I developed a second saying that do what your heart tells you up until the point when your head says enough. In other words, you know, we leave with heart. I, I just love people. I love, but some people are not nice and they start a certain way. That's no judgment. It's just, it's okay to lead with your heart. It's okay to be kind to people first. It's okay to give before you receive it. Those really are. At some point, though, let your brain kick in and say, this isn't toxic relationship, whether it's business or not. Uh, that's always been something that's guided me. Do what your heart tells you up to the point when your head says it. I love it. I'm going back to, for you guys, an oldie but a goodie. Like, there's no I in team. You guys both yeah. talk about the value of other people and how much they've brought to you. Finding your who. Like, you don't have to be self-reliant to get out of a problem, right? There's a lot of people who will come alongside and help. And shoring up, like, hey, I'm not the best at everything. So why am I not getting teammates to help me along? the way and we can be better together right you know we're back to the old strands of the rope like you know one strand is easily broken you know we've eight strands together and all of a sudden you're not knocking that thing uh, you're not breaking that thing very easily so love that guys for dave zampano and guy Riemann. thank you so much for being on the winners find a way show this is awesome i am at trent m clark or leadershipity on all the social media handles you can see us at leadershipity.com make sure to look for our upcoming ebook the pyramid of leadershipity or you can dm or email me directly at trent at leadershipity if you want to find out more on that i hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the winners
Percenters Find a Way show, we work diligently to find you one percenters like Dave and Guy who deliver every single time. And it's just simply awesome. So rate us five stars and check us out on all the platforms. Thanks, guys, for coming on. So appreciated. Thanks for everything. All right. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Trent. Thanks, Trent. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Thank you for listening to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast. Trent, together with the leaders who shared their learning and experiences through this show, are grateful for allowing them to help and support you on your journey to becoming your best. Write a review, rate us five stars, and share this episode to your network.